Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Super Bowl is here, and you can get in on all the action at betonline.ag. Kansas City still holding strong as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't see any reason for me to change my uh, story from last week. I'm still going strong on Kansas City and Mahomes. Haven't seen Mahomes really come up short yet in a in a big game in the last couple of years, so I got to stick with Mahomes. Tampa Bay, of course, is the first team in history to play for the title on their home field. And as I said, they're currently a three-and-a-half-point underdog against Kansas City looking for back-to-back titles for the first time in almost two decades. BetOnline has hundreds of props on the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, and even the length of the national anthem. Always available online or on your mobile device. Visit BetOnline today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Everybody, welcome to another version of uh, Bill Roden on Squad. Are they gonna be able to see my green, my neon greens? In there? They will if you if you want them to. <laughs> well, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports. I'm here at a uh, undisclosed location uh, in Midtown Manhattan, uh, headed out of town. Uh, here with my friend, and my co-host, the great Jamal Murphy. Murph, what's going on? Bill, I'm hanging in there, you know. It's uh, you know, just a just a regular Wednesday morning, you know. Nothing, nothing's too special out here in Brooklyn. Of course, our guest today needs no introduction. Uh, just but we're gonna give you one anyway. We'll, we'll give we'll give him one anyway. But you, you all know him as Woj. Uh, he's Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, ESPN senior NBA insider, and of course, host of the Woj Pod, which I listen to all the time. Uh, it's the great. Adrian Wojnarowski, thank you for hey, joining hey. us. Hey, Bill, Jamal, great to, great to be with you guys. Great to be with you guys. Yeah, man, well, it's, it's been a long time, man. I think this may be one of the, I don't know, you know, I, I just keep thinking of uh, maybe one of the last substantive conversations we had was back during some Big East thing. We were like in <laughs> somewhere, I forget what it was, man, and, you know, uh, before you were Woj and before I was whoever I am, <laughs> you know, yeah. but we, you know, but those were kind of cool days, man. But I must tell you how much, I, how proud I am of you. Um, just, man, you were always a, uh, you know, you're always a grinder, man. You always work really hard. I mean, all the time, you know, uh, you know, before the, the, the bright lights and all that, you were always bringing it. You were outstanding writer, outstanding reporter, uh, always fundamentally sound, um, just really great. So it's really, really been great to see over the past, I guess, I don't know, what decade? Is that too long? Just the past decade, man, how you have really um, become a major figure and respected figure in our profession. So proud to know you as a colleague. Um, just uh, just so happy for you, man. So all that to say, welcome to, all that to, say welcome to the show. Yeah, that, that means a ton. I appreciate that, guys. And, Bill, hey, listen, you are one of the people, you still are one of the people that uh, that I look up to in this profession. And I, I can't tell you, as a young reporter, 
walking into a press room or a locker room and seeing you there and, and always watching the way you work, watching the way you talk to people, watching the way you approach people, uh, listening to the kinds of questions you ask people um, and, uh, and then seeing the finished product uh, in the times uh, for so many years. I, 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 and now, uh, you know, on, at the undefeated, um, it's, uh, you know, I don't know if you always knew. I think there was a whole generation of young people watching you in that way and colleagues, but, but I've learned a ton being around you through the years. So, so it's an honor to, it's an honor to be with you, Bill. Yeah. Hey, well, you think, you know, um, and, and again, maybe one of these times I, I teach a, a, a class on column writing, uh, at, uh, Arizona state. Um, and, What's been your reaction? Let me see, because there's so much I want to ask you. Not so much, I mean, I want to ask you how you became the insider, but before that, there's a process. You just don't, you just didn't become the insider. I think a lot of times young people think that, you know, you just, it's always been like this. <laughs> you know, that there's no, there's no grinding. You know, everybody wants to be woe. They say, well, yeah, but there's a process of becoming woe. When you, when you talk to young journalists, um, you know, like you said, you may have, you know, you were you know, you were younger than me, uh, but there are now a lot of whole generations of young gener uh, journalists who want to be you. Uh, what do you tell young journalists about um, the process uh, uh, that it, that you know the, what it takes? Well, you know what's changed so much, Bill, and and I don't know what the path is anymore. I mean, I knew what the path was for a lot of people my age, which was small newspaper. Right. to a little bigger newspaper, to a little bigger newspaper. There were good enough jobs there where you could travel, where you could be around uh, peers like yourself and learn. I don't know, you know, certainly the newspaper industry has changed so much and you see people coming from uh, different avenues, from blogging into what's considered more mainstream reporting for a publication. And and, and many of those have been, they, they're great. Uh, there, there's not just one path, but I do really believe for me anyway, and I can only speak to myself and others, I think who I've, you know, talked about this with going from covering high schools and preps and rec league for the local paper and junior college basketball. The first, <clears throat> the first beat I ever had was, was a junior college basketball team uh, before I started covering the Big East. Or, and, and so I, I would just say that it's a craft. And like any other craft, it is repetition. It is reporting and reporting and writing and writing, learning to think on your feet and being prepared and I still say the hardest thing I've ever done, the most challenging thing I'll ever do is not NBA free agency or the trade deadline or uh, it's covering a high school football game on a Friday night out in the cold and mud and rain, <laughs> trying right. to keep your stats, right. trying to figure out why there's three guys wearing number 34, <laughs> right. right? Why one's on offense, one's on defense, and then being able to write your story and then trying to find somewhere to file your story. Is it the yeah, right. press right. box where they turn the lights out? Is it the right. AD's office right. um, where you're trying to crawl underneath his desk 
to <laughs> plug your phone and plug your jack into the um, right. fax machine, right? <laughs> or are you at a pay phone reading it off like a yellow legal pad at 7-Eleven? Like, well, those are your options your for getting your story in. <laughs> and reading the box score to the news desk. And so I wouldn't trade those experiences right. for anything, Bill. And I'm, I was, you know, I looked at you and I looked at, you know, when I worked in Waterbury, Connecticut for four years and they would let me go down to the city and cover big stuff or go to Boston and cover bigger stuff than I was doing in Waterbury. And I looked at you and I looked at Harvey Aritan and I looked at Ian O'Connor yeah. and the people who I wanted to emulate and, and, um, you know, I, you know, you know, all I wanted was to work at the times or work at the news or the Boston globe. And I look back and think I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And the path I took, which was Waterbury, Connecticut, Fresno, California to cover Tark, then yeah. back to the Bergen record. I mean, no, nobody really heard of me until I was in my mid thirties. Mm. Uh, I did a book called the miracle of St. Anthony. Yeah, I was really, yeah, still yeah. really proud of, and yeah, great book that put me on the map a little bit in terms of more than just a regional. You, you might know me if you worked with me or read me regionally, but uh, you know I marvel at the colleagues I have, like Malika Andrews, um, so many others who are so polished and poised and ready for the stage they're on in their mid twenties. I yeah. wasn't. I mean, I wasn't. And so for me, I would just, I just try to tell young people, this is, I think it's probably harder to find your way in the profession. Now I think there's probably less good jobs than there used to be. And I, I simply tell them, if you could imagine doing something else for a living, you should do something else for a living. <laughs> if you can't imagine any other life, that this is all you want to do and you're willing to put the work in, then this is probably for you. But, but if you can think of something else, go do something else. Because <laughs> I think you have to, I think you guys know this, you have to be willing to live it in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, to have the success that, or, or, or to, to, to reach the success that you might, you might want to have. And the one other thing is like, you don't have to work at ESPN or the New York times or the undefeated, which is obviously a part of ESPN you don't have to be there to, to have a great career, to be fulfilled, right. to make a difference. You know, the NBA, the best players, typically the best players, um, the best players in the world are in the NBA. Now there's, we, there's outliers, guys who don't make it for other reasons, but the talent wins out. And that's not true among, I would say that's not true among NBA coaches. Some of the best coaches I've ever been around or I know are high school coaches who never left high school, right. never left small colleges. Um, same is true in my profession. They were happy where they lived, where they worked, serving the readers or, or an audience in a community. And so while I, I just always try to tell young people, listen, it's great. I, I'm, I'm so lucky to be where I am and I never imagined having a job like this. This job I have didn't exist really. Right. It right. didn't really exist. Um, and what Adam Schefter does or what Jeff Passan does, it, it became a product of the combination of television and um, digital. But I, I would just say that 
you can, the measure of success in this business is not where you're doing it, but, but how you're doing it and the fulfillment you get. Because as you know, no matter how much, how many readers you might have or how big of an audience you might have or how much money you might have, I would tell you some of the most unhappy people I know are those who are in my peer group. Like just like nothing's ever enough. Right. I would tell you some of the most, and I always tell this with basket and I, I see it in my profession and I, I, I see it in the coaching profession. Some of the most, the happiest, most content, most fulfilled people I know are small college coaches, high yeah. school coaches. It is not those who are at the top. Those at the top are sometimes are always looking at what, that there's somebody else who has more than them. They have a better roster. They're making more money. Um, uh, they've got a better GM or a better owner or a better athletic director. And they'll, they'll always be bottomless pits of, <laughs> of unhappiness. And, and so I think those are all important things to think about on the journey. And, and enjoy, like the most important job you have is the one you're doing right now. Not, not, not the next one. Right. 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 When you look at, um, you know, you, you know, you sort of looked at it like the Bible of inside information and you basically created that niche, you know, and, and, and which I guess got to be a degree of satisfaction. Uh, what was sort of the, was there a forerunner to that when you were, when you, when you, now, when you look back, you're saying you were looking up to me. I said, well, now, yeah, you're on Olympus and you're looking down. Hey, Bill. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about but, that. No, no, but, 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 but seriously, when, as you were, cobbling together this really unique uh, uh, niche that you have. Um, did anything like that exist before? Did you have sort of like a, a model uh, and, and did, and did and what role did TV play in that? Well, you know, the once, I think the move that changed things for me was going from the Bergen record to Yahoo sports okay. and Yahoo sports was just starting out as, a, um, you know, like a national entity. You, you had the portal, that Yahoo portal that everybody used um, to go and they might go there to get their email. They might go there to look at the news, the weather, the entertainment news, right. uh, stocks, whatever it was. And then you had this tremendous audience that was there. If you got your story out on that front page, um, your, your NBA story or whatever sports story we were doing, it drove tremendous traffic. And so I went there with Dan Wetzel and Tim Brown, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff Passan was there and, uh, Charles Robinson, a number of, of really talented, uh, folks in the business. And it was at a time when the NBA was starting to, it, it was very, it was built for the internet, uh, younger audience, star players. And then free agency comes along in 2010 in Miami. And that changes the level of interest in free agency in, and, and then the trade market. Then I get on, and prior to that, I get on Twitter. And that became this like way to level the field on people could see who was breaking news in real time. And what I found pretty quickly at Yahoo was, and on the NBA, was the more news you broke, the more your calls got reached. A little bit of a chicken and egg. You need people to return your calls to break news, but you need to break news to get uh, people to return your calls. But I had a baseline of sourcing around basketball that I knew 
um, from my years covering colleges and covering the NBA at the record and started to build on it there. It was just a willingness to put in the time. It was a will, it was uh, a site in Yahoo that let me get on an airplane and go meet people and get in front of people. Um, other national guys in the NBA weren't really doing that at the time as much. Um, and I just said, I'm going to devote a lot of time to news. It seemed to be, it just seemed to be a way to break through. I was still writing a lot and, and doing all of it. Uh, I think my jobs had a lot of incarnations and, you know, reporter and columnist and then the quote unquote insider, which was, you know, we did a lot. I mean, I know people sometimes just look at the trade you might break on Twitter or the free agent, uh, free agency uh, player and free agency signing somewhere. Right. But I mean, come on, there's a lot of day-to-day, you know, story yesterday that you're piecing together through lots of sourcing about the all-star game being put back together in Atlanta. Why? Or during the lockout. I mean, every day was like this big jigsaw puzzle of talking to league people, union people, owners, GMs, team presidents, uh, uh, agents, whomever, everybody who had a stake in, what was the next step for the league and day to day trying to, I mean, that's still so much the essence of the job. I know people do pay attention to the transaction part of it. And there are certain times of the year that is a big part of it, but that's not all it is. That's not all it should be. And so, you know, you've just sort of seen it evolve and then going to ESPN, the television component obviously becomes a bigger part of it. And uh, then you have to evolve in that way. And then, uh, and then also, uh, when you started, I guess social media wasn't, not started, but started the insider uh, portion of what you do. I guess that changed with social media also, right? So there were, there were always new things you had to adapt to? Yeah. And, and, you know, I got on Twitter, I think it was a 2009 draft. And I remember saying to um, uh, my editor at Yahoo, Johnny Ludden, and his girlfriend at the time, now his wife, uh, Jennifer, I, I remember saying it was a day before the draft. And I was like, geez, you know, I've got all this on draft night. I'm getting all this stuff that like, by the time we would put it on the website, it would be a vapor. It would be, they'd be right. on to the next, but like, I'm getting, tr- I'm getting trades in real time. I'm finding out who teams are about to select or who they traded a pick to select. And she was like, why don't you get on Twitter? And I was like, Oh, maybe I should get on Twitter. <laughs> and so I remember the first night we got on and I started posting some of, you know, just what I was gathering through the night. And I remember at the end of the night, I went from one follower, I guess, probably her and him, two followers, uh, to, I think it was like 23 or 24, 2,500. By the end of the night, I was like, wow, that's a lot of people. I mean, that's a lot of people in one day and people were finding their way. And, and it's funny, I've gone back and looked at some of the early tweets and you'd have like a trader or something and you have like six or seven retweets and <laughs> it just 12 retweets. It just was, and now you could. Yeah, like, that's like, I don't even know how many. It does, yeah. You just get a lot more reaction of even a small thing. So, but it, but it always starts with one, one something. And, and that was definitely the case, social media and, and, and the news. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my, my, my battery. <laughs> I mean, we, we have our, we have our greatest guest ever. And then my battery. You're uh, you, you had to climb under the table to uh, to plug in. <laughs> let's, let's not even deal with it. Yeah. Uh, 
So what 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 did I what did I miss? Uh, what you know, Adrian? What do you think, man? Woj of of um, th- there's so many Woj wannabes. You know, what I'm saying everybody just like you know when we I, I run this fellowship for the you know the road fellows, and we, we we you know before the pandemic they spend a couple of days you know they spend a couple of days in Bristol. Where's Stephen A? You know, where's Stephen A? You know, <laughs> you know everybody wants to be Woj. Everybody wants to be and, and, and I guess. That's where it is now. I mean, you know, I think that, like you said, doing what we did and Chris, I mean, that's fine, but we're in a whole nother digital age now. You know, I remember talking to Malika. She was at the Times for a while and she really has that love and passion for, you know, print. But I mean, this is what it is now. You know, this is the new reality. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm worried, Bill. I'm worried about our business in this way. That um, that the value in the printed word, the value in storytelling, it's still valued in a lot of places. I don't know if it's valued the way it was for so long. And is the value in telling a great story? I mean, the story Jeff Passan told on ESPN yesterday, Jeff and I worked at Yahoo for a very long time together. The story of Drew Robinson, who a major league baseball player who tried to commit suicide, survived it. And it's an incredible Jeff wrote an incredible print story and then did it like a one hour doc uh, that they did, which was remarkable. I watched last night on ESPN Plus and, you know, you, uh, the Drew Robinson story. It's called Alive, the Drew Robinson story. He 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 tried he shot himself and somehow survived a bullet wound through his eye and uh, it's an incredible story, but about depression and mental health. And, uh, and he's, and so listen, and it's great to be in a place like ESPN where you have the resources to go, the, the access yeah. to perhaps get the story to go spend the time with him in a pandemic, which isn't easy to go anywhere and do anything. And so I, I guess I am worried about, um, if, is that valued across the board as much anymore as your gambling picks who you think, and I get it. I get it. It drives quote unquote engagement and it drives audience and all the buzzwords they use. I still believe great stories drive. If you can tell a story, if you can give people information they can't get anywhere else that has value, it'll continue to have value, but, but it's gotta be, wherever all over the business and we've seen newspapers shrink and we've seen um, in in just so many instances on the sports side, um, the, 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 there's fewer of those jobs. There's fewer of those jobs at ESPN. There's fewer of those jobs at Yahoo places. I worked, you know, the Bergen record, I still live in Northern Jersey and I pick up the record. And I mean, it wasn't that long ago and the record's still a great local paper. I don't mean, I wouldn't be here without it. But I think of like a suburban paper in Jersey that had uh, th- that I was lucky to work at with T.J. Quinn, who's now in investigative unit ESPN and, and Ken Davidoff, who's at the New York Post, Bob Clappish, the great baseball writer, Tara Sullivan, who's now the columnist at the Boston Globe. Howard Bryant came through for a period, covered uh, the Yankees for us. And I, 
to think of that, that, that was a suburban paper. I wasn't, I'm not talking about a major, that's a pretty good major Metro daily staff. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I replaced Bill Pennington at the record. I mean, talk about stepping into shoe, big shoes, like replacing Bill Pennington as a columnist who's been at the times for, for a long time. So, you know, having colleagues around like that, being around people, people get you better. Uh, uh, newsrooms. I mean, what did, we all learned so much being in newsrooms. And my first, my first exposure to the business was the Hartford Current. I grew up in Bristol, right down the street from ESPN. And I got a job working in the office at the Current in high school. And then they let me, would, I'd come back from college breaks. And, you know, you, you sit there and you take phone calls and you type in high school agate or, you know, um, Trinity College versus Wesleyan, men's basketball, the SID calls you, you type in, you know, 204 in the box score, 317, three baskets, one free throw, seven, whatever. And, and you wrote up the little roundup, which was exciting to do. But you know, the best part of that job was, guys, um, you know, Claire Smith was covering baseball for us then at the current, and she was very at the very top of the profession. And you would, I would get to read the stories that uh, a great writer like Claire Smith, a great reporter, or Steve Fainaru on the Red Sox, or Peter May on the Celtics, Jeff Jacobs, great columnist in Connecticut, was on the Hartford Whalers then. And they would send their story into the news desk. And uh, the desk would edit it. And I could go in the, the computer queue, and I would stay after my shift was over. And I remember I used to get home really late, like my shift might end at 11 or 11.30 and I'd get home 1 or 1.30 in the morning. I mean, I was in high school, but I would sit there and read not just what they wrote, but how the editors edited. You could see in that, if you remember, Bill, in the green highlight in the ATEC systems, you could see what they changed, what they left, and you learn, okay, he or she wrote it like this. The editor, here was the edit. Oh, I could see how that makes it a little tighter, a little more right. clear. Yeah. Like that's yeah. an education I wish everybody could have had. And so yeah. um, I just think those are all the things um, uh, that, that for me were a big part of the business, but, but back to your original point. Yeah. It's, that's how I was shaped and evolved. And no matter how the platform changes, whether it's doing a podcast, whether it's doing NBA countdown with Jalen and Maria and, and Jay will, or doing, sports centers or writing the platforms might change but your fundamentals don't change and the fundamentals right. that i learned no matter how fast the whole thing's moving your process and your fundamentals cannot change that's like great. there are no shortcuts and so yeah, that, yeah. and and that's what i try to i, I you got to remind yourself every day it's important to be first in this business but it's more important to be right. And it'll always be more important to be right. You can break a hundred, 200, thousand stories, but if you really get one wrong, like really screw one up, uh, Schefter has a good line for it. It's called a sticker. You know, it's like the sticker they put on your helmet in football. Like don't get one of those stickers. And uh, every day the goal is to not get one of those stickers. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for you. It's different for me. One thing is certain. Every day, there's an opportunity to win. Just like Scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. The new lucky number Scratcher from the Virginia Lottery. 32 chances to win $500,000 plus four bonus games. 
Stop by your closest retailer and check it out. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. Uh, just a couple more things for me, man. We could do this for another two hours, but we won't. Uh, <laughs> what, 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 um, is there a, 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 something that you broke, and you've broken countless thousands of pieces, but is there, is there something that you really, really, it always sticks, whatever you think of the best of woes, there's one that really sticks out either because of how you got it or the determination or, or what, whatever it is. Is there, is there, are there a couple great stories that really stick out? I, I do get asked that a lot, Bill, and I never know how quite to answer it because you're right. There are stories that. Sorry, Woj. You, you no, 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 but it's, <laughs> I, I never know the right answer because there are stories that you, you think about the backstory of how you got to it or what you put into it. And um, that mean more than maybe the, somebody else would see that, well, that, that headline, like, that's not a story that seems as significant as another. I, I tend to think back early on in my career. Um, I mean, student newspaper, like breaking a story about at St. Bonaventure, Mike Vaccaro at the New York Post, uh, who's a classmate of mine at St. Bonaventure and the godson to my son, Ben, and, and he and my wife now, and uh, Mike, we, we worked on the campus paper together and uh, oh, wow. the hiring of the new basketball coach at St. Bonaventure. And it was such a big deal. I mean, it was like, I remember we saw him in the building and we were, we were hiding behind, <laughs> hiding behind pillars in the gym, following him and the school president, trying to figure out who he was. He was the division two coach. And there was no, like, you couldn't just, we didn't know who he was. We we're trying to figure out who is this guy. Um, he wasn't. Uh, we didn't recognize him, and so trying to figure out first who he was, and then that they were hiring him and thinking about it, it was just fun. It was just a fun yeah. following them around the building and and finally getting the story. Um, and so uh, things like that are. I think you think back to the early ones. I got you juiced about being in the business. I got you juiced. Yeah, right. Uh, what What's the next one? But I do as much as anything. I really just do think about the next one. And I think about yeah, right, you break right. a story and you're on to um, the next one. And, um, you know, exactly. what, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, as what Belichick said, on to Christmas. Yeah, you that's know, right. Yeah. On, on it's, a, it's, all, it's almost like what you what you cautioned against, though, in a, in a way, you know, you, I mean, it's obviously it's, it's the right thing to do. It's how it's how you you break stories and just get better and better. But, you know, earlier you, you cautioned against kind of. Um, you know, try you know always trying to get to the to the next to the next step or the next level, and not appreciating appreciating what you have. So, do you can you at the same time appreciate where you are now and, and what you've done? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I I've been, I think of all the there was nothing special about me. There was nothing special about me that you would have said I might work at ESPN or have this position. Um, there was nothing special about the way I grew up. My dad worked in a factory in Bristol for 35 years, right down the street from ESPN. My brother owns a garage. He's a mechanic in Bristol. There was nothing about my background that said, hey, you'd be in journalism. Nobody in my family had gone to college. I mean, nobody had gone to college. And so I just think of all the people I was exposed to who got me excited about it and uh fed my love of writing and then learning to report and, and tell stories. 
And uh, I had a high school teacher, Gail Dickow at Bristol Central High School. And one of the first things I did when I knew I was going to go back to ESPN was start uh, something called the Writing Initiative at Bristol Central, where uh, she had was just retiring after 51 years wow. teaching high school English. And there were still parts of the job she really loved, which was the teaching and working with kids in college essays and uh, taking them on field trips to museums and theaters and places many of the kids might not other, otherwise gotten access to. And I said, what if you could keep all those parts, but you didn't have to do the study hall. You didn't have to do the grading. You didn't have to do the meetings um, that maybe you don't want to do as much in your seventies. And so she's coordinating that program and we do scholarships and we do, you know, we do prizes for contests for students and we do scholarships at the end of the year and pre-pandemic, you know, we did a lot of trips. Uh, we would send kids to, we will send more, send more kids to uh, summer writing programs at region at colleges in, you know, UConn or um, one of the, some of the prep schools in New England have great summer writing programs that yeah. we can offer. And so that's been for me being able to give back that way and right. thinking about where I started just up the street from ESPN and working at ESPN and being involved like with the boys club back there that I grew up in, that's been as fulfilling as anything um, to be from Bristol. Um, Malcolm Huckabee, who you might remember, Bill, a uh, great Jamal, a uh, really good Big East guard at Boston College. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Played with Billy yeah. Curley and Howard Isley. Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm and I went to uh, Bristol Central together. I was a senior when he was a freshman. Uh, his brother Martin and I were closer in high school. Martin went and played at Howard for uh, A.B. Williamson, and then uh, yeah. A.B. Yeah. Williamson came to our high school, and then uh, Butch Beard coached him later, and they went to right. the NCAAs, played Kansas. Anyway, Malcolm uh, and I are both Bristol natives, and Malcolm has gone on to a great career in like financial services, and but also he's an analyst on ESPN, so the two of us are back in Bristol at times, and he's living in Bristol, and we're able to, you know, do clinics at the boys club or help, and, and but having two of us who grew up in Bristol work at ESPN and be able to do some things back in the, in the community, in the neighborhoods that we grew up in has been a lot of, um, a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, and so um, uh, that's been as fulfilling as anything. Uh, I, I do love working there. And I, yeah, it's, it's, right. um, it's, uh, uh, I, I would tell you when I was, when I worked at the current, like my goal was to like cover when I was an intern there and a sports clerk, like, I hope someday I would be good enough to cover University of Hartford, the University of Hartford basketball beat and yeah. Yankee yeah. Conference football. And and if I could have had that job, like if you would have told me in college, hey, we can sign you up for that for the next 40 years. Like, would you take it? I would have signed up in a minute. Like, you can't. That's a job. I was like, I can get that job. And so that's what I imagined. And so, um, uh again, I just, I'm lucky, I'm fortunate. And, and, but I would also tell young people, again, I was, my best talent was hard work. I, I know there are right. better writers than me. There are better reporters, certainly smarter people. I mean, go back and look at my SATs. Holy cow. I mean, <laughs> like I was lucky to get in anywhere and my grades were okay, but I was willing to work. And I do think that's a talent just like all the other things I just described are talents. And so um, 
you know, for those who want a career in this and want to do this, I would just say, um, use me as an example of anybody, really any, anybody willing to put in the time and take it seriously and treat it like a craft, you know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll rise up. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, the last thing for me, like I said, there's so many things I want to ask you, but sort of the last thing is, um, well, I'm going to combine a lot of things into one question, <laughs> but it seems as if, uh, Part of, you know, I really love the way you've talked about your history, your past. You know, that's so important, your past relationships. Um, how important has that been to where you're at? In other words, the trust factor. I, I try to tell young people in particular, you know, who always want to get where you are. Well, you know, unfortunately, it's like planting an oak tree in your backyard. You could water it 95 times a day. And it's not going to grow any faster. That's just, the it's just going to take time. But it's what you do along the way, the relationships and all that. I'm just wondering, you, over the period of time, man, all the relationships you've had, that, that's got to be accompanied by a, a great degree of trust, where it was to the point now, where it's not just because you're Woj, but people trust you, they want to vent, they want, to, they want people to know things. Um, so how important have these relationships been and the trust factor has been? Yeah, no, it's a great question, Bill. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a huge part of it. And you build, and you just said it, it's like planting an oak tree and it's not going to just grow. Like it, it doesn't grow overnight and trust is built over years and years. And I think of some of the relationships I have in the NBA, some of them go back to when prior to ESPN, prior to Yahoo, people I knew, but, but as you go along, uh, I, I always tell people if you, now that doesn't mean you, you're not going to write hard stories. You're not going to write things, report things that people would rather you didn't. That's the, that's the essence of the job is, I mean, that's the essence of it. You're, but I, I think people understand over time that, um, that if you're going to be fair, you're going to be honest, you're going to be uh, forthright with them. Um, that trust is built over time. And you learn that with sources over time. You learn who you trust that information, who you better double, triple, quadruple check. There's some individuals based on the history, you know, you can one source a, a, a news story uh, or a, perhaps a breaking trade or, or, or something of that nature. Um, but, but yeah, I think the relationships and it gets back to putting in the time bill. It gets back to right. uh, being in the gyms, being, um, you know, certainly being on the phone, but physically being in the presence of people, which we've lost here in the last year. I, yeah. I miss that. I, I, I love the people in this industry. I love dealing. I love the players. I love the coaches. Um, I, I love the agents and, and uh, you know, any number of, all the different people at all the levels you're dealing with. Um, I like, like you have to love dealing with it. You're on the phone with them. You're talking all the time. And so, you know, those are really, yeah, they're vital and it takes a very long time, but you don't have to be doing it on the NBA. You can be doing it on, I, I like you, you're on campus and you're on a campus paper. It's, it's, you know, those individuals and building those relationships and getting the story ideas and where things are heading, where they're trending you get by immersing yourself in the world that you're covering. That might be a school board. That might be uh, an athletic department. That might be 
a cross country team from the campus paper, whatever it is. Um, but it, but it's how you approach it everywhere. I went back guys, the, the, the interview you did with Seku Smith in 2019 and Bill, you tweeted it out again the other day. And I, and I wanted to hear his voice again this week. Um, you know, he, they had the memorial service for him yesterday. And um, mm. that one has thrown a lot of us this week. And uh, the kind of yeah. person he is, was, and, and the family. I, I was in the bubble with Seku. Um, and I think of all the places uh, I was with Seku through the years, the bubble, the Olympics in England mm. in 2012, summer leagues, NBA finals, uh, world championships in wherever, Athens. I don't know if we were in Athens. Were we in Spain together? One of those two, maybe. Yeah. And, and, uh, and he, he is special. And, uh, and I think, though, too, Bill, of, of why – and I always thought of you two together in this realm – um, from HBCUs, um, you as a Morgan State grad, and uh, Seku is a Jackson State grad, and um, that um, how those experiences shaped you and shaped him as a reporter, as a person, um, and and how proud both of you are of those. Um, um, affiliations. And, uh, you know, they started a scholarship for Seku at Jackson state. I was happy to contribute and, and, and I, um, and, and, but he said something on your podcast, uh, Jamal and bill that really, it reminded me, it was like, boy, that's a good lesson for me. Never mind someone younger. He told you a Jamal Tinsley story where Tinsley comes up to him at the end of the season in Indiana. Uh, he, uh, Seku was covering the Pacers at the time. <laughs> And Tinsley says to him, he was a New York City point guard, um, <laughs> like good, like Jamal was a I mean, really good playmaker. Mm-hmm. And he comes up to Seku like it's, we call it baggy day, right, Bill? When the players are throwing their stuff, it's like end of the season. And usually with a team, uh, they have some kind of press uh, availability. And Tinsley comes up to Seku and was like, hey, I mean, like paraphrasing, I mean, I ask you all season. What is it you do around here? Why are you here every day? <laughs> and Seku's looking at him going, wait, what? He's like, I, I cover you for the Indianapolis paper. You didn't see any of the stories this year? He's like, no, I, I like, why are you here all the time? I thought you were part of the team. You're not part of the team. You're no, I'm not part of the-. And it reminded Seku that, but I thought the lesson from it was, was brilliant, which was, you know what? It reminds you. <laughs> that you've got to work every corner of the locker room, not just the, not just the best player, right? not just the easy guys to talk to, right. not just the friendly guys, not just the everybody. You've got to build the relationships where it's hard to build relationships. Yeah. You've got to go, you've got to learn to build those relationships, not just where it's easy, but, but everywhere where it's necessary. And that stayed with him. And I, it's a great story. Like we think, Ah, oh, these guys are reading us, and we walk <laughs> yeah. in, and they care. And Jamal has no idea at the end of the season, and he's not the only NBA player or player in anything um, who could have done that with with any reporter. But um, uh, but yeah, Seku is such a loss. Oh um, man, yeah, just a great, great guy. Great guy, yeah. uh, just a yeah. special person. 
And uh, he, um, yeah, I just think of our time in the bubble uh, in, in Orlando in the summer. And um, he just um, always made you laugh and made you think. And, um, and uh, I, 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 we're all going to miss him. That was just, you know, and I guess as, as we wrap it up, man, I mean, you, you, you went down that road and I guess I was just thinking, and part of the reason uh, I wanted to go to um, uh, the Super Bowl, uh, same reason you went to the, uh, the bubble. A, is historic, but I just go back to this time last year. I was, you know, at the Super Bowl. Right. And had no idea of what was coming for us. You know, we're there with 80,000 people in Miami and, you know, and mm -hmm. you kind of hear about some stuff happening maybe in China or way out in Seattle or something, but had no idea that this time a year later, man, our lives would be uh, turned upside down in such a season of loss, man. I'm thinking, you know, John Thompson, John Shaney, uh, uh, Lou Brock, Bob Gibson, uh, just, you know, I mean, it's not that, I mean, you all, you, you know, you expect that's what the benefit of life, yeah, is that the, the, the flip side of life is that yeah. you're going to have <clears throat> loss. Just, man, it's just been such a, um, and, and I guess because of COVID, it just seems to have been so concentrated, yeah. you know, you know, so anyway, that's, Maybe we end on an up note. <laughs> How's the podcast going? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're 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 right, and it's um, and you know what's frustrating is it didn't have to be this way. Um, we yeah. didn't have to lose people like Seku and and thousands and thousands of others um, whose lives are um, impacted by this and impacted by the loss. We that's a whole nother podcast. It didn't have to be this way. It shouldn't have been this way. Right. And um, it's uh, it's devastating and, and we're not out of it yet. And so um, right. but I but I do think, though, that, um, you know, I do think we all and I'm, I'm so glad the, the, the scholarship for Seku's sake and, and he'll be remembered. He'll live on with people. And and um, but I think the responsibility we all have and, and I know you take it seriously, uh, certainly, Bill, and you've been a great mentor to so many people in this business um, that we keep this business going in a way that um, listen, it's going to evolve and it's going to change. And that's the nature of, of, of everything. Um, but we've got to keep people, young people from places like Jackson state mm -hmm. and Morgan state and from our cities and from diverse backgrounds and perspectives, we've got to get them into this business. We've got to help them, um, I mean, I, I, come on, Bill, how, how many times in your career you looked around a press box and there was nobody who right. looked like you, nobody. Right. And, right. Um, and I look around still and it's better than it was. It's not what it should be. Um, but so yeah. much of it is, um, uh, you know, I talked to Mike Connolly the other day about this and I had Mike on the, on, on my podcast and uh, we were talking about Seku and, and um, just the, the trust he had in Seku and Seku could walk in the room and, and um, uh, you know, walk into a locker room and, and, you know, and demand, like he demanded respect. He just commanded respect. Uh, wasn't easy on everybody all the time. Um, um, hmm. 
there was one funny Seku story, Leg Whitaker, who was this longtime good friend of his, um, <clears throat> he was telling a story about when he was covering the Hawks, he, they asked him to do a report card on the team. And um, so he went and told Woody, hey, Woody, I'm not going to – Mike Woodson is their coach. He's now back with the Knicks as an assistant. And Woody did a really good job in Atlanta. There were some tougher seasons than others. But I know he went in and said, hey, listen, I'm just letting you know, you may not like the grade I give you um, on this report card, but I'm giving it to you. Here's why, whatever. Okay. And so Woody opens up the paper and say, gave him an F. Oh, wow. <laughs> an wow. F. <laughs> Wow. You know what? You can give the head coach an F and you can walk back in his locker room the next day and he's still going to deal with you and right. accept it. Like that's not easy to do. It's easy to do when you're, you don't have to face the people you cover, right. uh, but when you got to right. walk in that locker room or walk in that coach's office um, after writing something tough, uh, that's something no one ever can teach you about. Um, right. No one ever can teach you about that. You got to go live that. And, and um I just was imagining uh, Woody opening up the paper and seeing that F going, come on. Came <laughs> F. You know? He's like, come on, we're boys, man. What's going on? <laughs> because that, that's how columns got bad names. You know, we parachute in. We, and then we're on to the next sport. <laughs> right. Never see you again. Yeah, but that was, yeah. But I would say like, in, you know, that was such a great lesson for me in New York, working in New York and watching you, or like I said, uh, Kriegel, Ian, oh, man. Harvey. Yeah, right. Um, right. watching you guys, um, you know, stand your ground in a locker room, stand your ground in a conversation, um, build the credibility uh, as a general columnist, like you said, where you're moving around a lot and you're right. kind of even parachuting in within your own market. You may not be with a team for a bit and you come in. And, and so, uh, I, um, you know, but Seku was um, really uh he was great at that. And, uh, he, he wasn't going to take, um, you just weren't going to bullshit him. You just were never going to bullshit him. And he was going to call you on it, whether you were a colleague or you were somebody he covered and, and guys, it built respect. It commanded respect to people. Yeah. Yeah. And he just had such a great spirit and it's just the way you do things. You know, it's, uh, we talk about Mike Tyson, Ali Tyson could tell a Tyson could tell a joke and like, no one will laugh. It just <laughs> Ali can say the same thing. He could he could talk about your mama, and everybody would be laughing. Right. You know, you know. And, and sometimes it's just a gift. And Seku, uh, just such a, just had such a great spirit. But uh, yeah. it, man, this has really been uh, tremendous. I mean, this is like a, a mere snapshot. Yes. Of everything that we could talk about. There's yeah. So much. We we, ba we barely talked any NBA. Well, we'll come back. Let's do it. We'll do another one. Let, we'll do another one. We'll just talk some ball. We'll talk some ball here. Uh, we got a lot to go in this season. So, yeah. uh, but no, it's yeah. uh, great to be. It was an honor to be with you, uh, be with you both. And, uh, and, and um, you know, I, uh, Jamal, great to be here with you and Bill. I, I can't tell you, um, you're, you're one of my idols in this business. Uh, one of the people who, um, you know, <clears throat> I knew I was in the right place when I'd walk in and see you. You'd come in with that tape recorder you had. You had a little bigger cassette recorder that you used with a mic uh, that was different than the rest of us. And I'm like, even interviews people better, even has better equipment, different equipment um, than the rest of us slobs. And so uh, uh, they always gave me the blues. Like, because, you know, Biff, do you want a parking space? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, oh, it was no, this, uh, no, really, is, really, really fun to do. Yeah, this has been great. Uh, 
you know, very, very educational, uh, you know, getting to listen to two legends chop it up. So this was yeah. this was a pleasure for me also. Yeah. Well, you're the best, man. Like I said, man, I'm so proud of you. So happy for you. And uh, it's just a lesson, man. Like you said, uh, hard work. You know, I was, I was we were doing something in NABJ and it was, Will Bond was right up front and Jamil and a couple other people. And I just impromptu said, OK, because it was all these young kids in NABJ. So, OK, what are the five timeless characteristics of success? Doesn't matter if it's 1919, 20, you know, 2021. What are the five characteristics of success, regardless of time? And I think you mentioned hard work. Uh, uh, Will Bond mentioned something like, "Don't be late early in your career." <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know what three would what, what would what would if you had what you've already given us hard work, yeah, uh, not being late. Yeah, not being late. Um, boy, that's uh, that's a good oh, question. Oh, Know the uh, know the know the chains of command. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, prepared, being prepared, being prepared, being prepared for an interview. Yes. For you might get three minutes with somebody. You might get five minutes. Maybe be lucky right. and get twenty-five minutes with them. But yes, you right. better be prepared to make the most of the time you're going to get to maximize what you might get. The, you, in the first moment or two, they're going to decide whether how long they want to be engaged with you in that right. moment, be interviewing or talking to them. Um, you better, you better come knowing that um, by being prepared, the questions you want to ask, the direction you want to take it. Um, you're only going to get so many cracks at the plate or so many uh, questions and right. you better make the most of them. The only way to do that is to really is to be prepared and, and hey, the other one, right, is be indispensable wherever you're working. Right. Um, be indispensable and be able to do uh, a lot of things. Be uh, d- dependable to me has always been. Can they count on you? Like, yeah. and it gets back to what Michael uh, Wilbon said, right? Of being being there early. Like, are you the person who they can just count on every day? They don't have to ask yeah. you. They don't mm-hmm. have to wonder. Um, you don't have to be told to do something always. I mean, it, it kind of is common sense. But if you right. can, wherever you are, to stay there is make sure that they can't imagine life without you. Because right. if they can't imagine life without you in this day and age, um, they'll be without it's you. Tr- it's trouble. <laughs> yeah. and, one, and one other thing I picked up from just, you know, this conversation is, is to be genuine and to be true to the craft and how, you know, that resonates and, and it helps you, you know, over the long run, people like you said, same thing. People, people can count on you, trust you, know who you are, um, and 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 know you know know what to expect, and that you won't you know do anything shady or anything like that. So so being genuine and true to the yeah. craft, I think is right. huge. And yeah. if you're a young person, don't 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 be the first one to ask a question. You had some of the fellows, some of the fellows went to a press conference. You know, and everybody said, "Don't be the first one to ask a question." You know, <laughs> don't be the last one, but don't be the, don't, don't be the first. Somebody's interviewing me the other yesterday, as a matter of fact, a student. I won't tell you from where, but, you know. But I don't know. Well, you, you got to be a little humble. In other words, if if a student is interviewing you, I mean, give me. You got to be a little humble. <laughs> just I mean, not, not, you know, I don't demand. I don't say anything, but you know, just don't like act like I'm supposed to be talking to you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> we got to get that full story next episode, Bill. Full story. <laughs> All right. 
right. Hey, hey, Horst, thank you so All much. All right. Man. Enjoy, enjoy the Super Bowl, Bill. Jamal, uh, stay safe out in Brooklyn. And uh, yes. hopefully we'll see you guys back. We'll, we'll all see each other in the real world here sooner than later. So, yes. I know. Thanks Absolutely. so much, Woj. All right. All, right. all right. Take care. The legendary Adrian Wojnowski. Uh, that was great. Man, it's great. Great guy. Just a true, uh, true professional, man. Just, uh, you know, that's anybody would listen here. That just that there's something to be a professional. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like know your stuff, uh, work hard. You know, mm-hmm. you're not a prima donna. You know, so it's great. All right, Jamal. So um, that was great. Of course. Um, what do we have? We got the Super Bowl coming up uh, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes versus Brady. I know you got you can't you can't bet against Brady. Um, I can't. Yeah, I can't bet against. But you know, Brady. Mahomes Didn't is the you know Mahomes is a real deal. So uh, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm gonna root. I'm gonna root for Mahomes, and I'm, you know, right. and bet, I'm, and bet on Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Take the points. Don't tell anybody, Bill. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, brother! As always, keep keep uh, listening. Keep subscribing. Um, we've 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 noticed the 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 uptick. So keep telling a friend and tell a friend all that good stuff. Uh, we always have uh, great content, great conversation. So, and, and of course, follow us on social media. Keep following us on social media at Bros Pod on Twitter and Instagram. All right, everybody, listen, uh, hang in there. You know, get your, uh, keep getting tested. Yes. Uh, keep wearing your mask, double it up. If, you, if you're if you eligible, get a vaccine. You got your shot, right? Uh, I got my shot. Yeah, I got the shot Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and- uh, How was know, it? No, it was- uh, it, it was fine. The flu shot hurt even more. I mean, <laughs> right, right. But no, you know, just- you know, uh, yeah. Was, you know, because you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of non-believers out here, Bill. You know, you gotta make sure you, you know you haven't had any. You didn't. You didn't. Uh, your your face, I see, is you know, you look great. You know, no no big blowups or anything like that. There are all these rumors oh, going around on the internet, Bill. And oh, anti-vax man. stuff. Oh, I, I have not read that, and I won't. I will not read that. No, you're good. Uh, Don't believe that. Knock hype. on wood. Right. You know. Yeah, man. So anyway, everybody, be safe. Be careful. Uh, you know, and uh, God bless and we'll see you next week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.